Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As we move around London, we are surrounded by people taking photographs, whether it's tourists posing in front of landmarks, urban explorers popping up from uh, manholes, having taken pictures of the sewers, selfies at Madame Two Swords, chroniclers of graffiti or architecture or, or of people eating on the tube. It's going on all the time, everywhere. My guest today is somebody attempting to make sense of the bigger picture of photography in London, even if it is a picture that comes in instalments. It's Saturday the 17th of January 2015. I'm in Quentin Wolfe and this is Londonist Out Loud. Hey baby, let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sound. You ain't never seen the light before. Just a long throw from your front door. Hey baby, step out me. See things of the air, land, and the sea. Some creep, some saw. Hello, hello, listener. Winter is definitely upon us. Arriving at today's interview, I was fair blown off course by a wind that had whipped up in between the warehouses here in East London. We're in Hackney Wick, and uh, we're in a thriving hub by the looks of it. It's called Crate, and it is a busy artist's cafe. Lots of people here, and uh, the low leather couches that you'd expect from this part of town. And on one of those with me is Shay Bankali, and he is the curator of Next Level Projects, the editor of Next Level Magazine, and he's looking dapper in a dangerously wide-brimmed hat for this weather, I would say. Yes, welcome. Um, thank you for having me today, and it's good to uh, obviously be here within the uh, whirlwinds of uh, East London. We had a, the obvious discussion, which part of town you're from, you're from just down the road in near Victoria Park. Uh, it's difficult to get away in a place like this from the regeneration that's going on all around us and it's, it's going so much faster than you can imagine the Olympic Park having just opened up and uh, an evening walk down there is quite a, a pleasure I'm sure you've experienced Victoria Park certainly benefited from 2012 and all that jazz what have you seen in the time that you've been here? Well in the time I've been here it's, it's um, to say I've been here all my life I, I'm one of the probably original East Londoners I basically moved to East London at the age of seven from South London and grew up around the area of Victoria Park and so I've seen this development and change over time and originally when I was young it was something to probably escape from but uh, now kind of sort of travelling around the world and living in 
New York and LA and uh, also Australia, you just gravitate back to your original roots. And I came back to East London. Even then, it was it was still in its infancy, and it's it's great to see how the development has changed. Obviously, there are negative elements to it, but generally, the positives are are wonderful for for the artists that have gravitated here. Do you ever find it difficult then to uh, recognise, it's too simplistic probably, but to, to really feel those roots still in place with so much change of foot? The roots are kind of fractionless in a sense because probably going to a very local popular school here, you kind of know everyone around, but now I'm probably one of three or four people that I still know that live locally. So the the, the geography has changed in, in, you know, in terms of demographic but nonetheless, it's an interesting kind of generation that's, that's gravitated here. Obviously, there's a, there's a large kind of um, European pool of, of interesting, uh, not just artists, but, but, but just, you know, interesting community that's kind of sort of seen or pinpointed East London as a, as a place not only for its dynamic artists, but as a community to live within. And a lot of media going on, and I reckon more urban photographers and film crews per square metre than anywhere else in the country. Um, so that's quite a happy coincidence then, is it, that you, uh, you happen to be based here and you happen to go into arts and, and arts-related stuff, and then this great uh, artistic influx happened? Yeah, if I, if I had that crystal ball and I could see into the future, I probably would have stayed put and not gone all the way around the world to come back to the same point. Um, but yeah, no, it's great, I have to admit, uh, to see... To see the development, because for my youth, arts were not really promoted. So I, at the time, was part of the minority of kind of being in a situation where I had to fight for my ideals of what I really wanted to have as a career. And, um, and therefore, in a sense, it's, it's, it's almost validated myself to see how East London has developed into a cultural hub. There was some interesting stuff lurking under the surface of what you just said there. We're, we're talking about fighting for the ideals. What do you have in mind? Well, there's, you know, kind of looking for being obviously creative, being um, creating activity in a location at that particular time. Um, cultural endeavours were not particularly cherished, may I say. And, um, how, how were they received? Well, it, 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 was a, it was a difficult time uh, um, back in the early days, of, well, sort of in the 80s, 90s in East London. Um, you know, there, there, there were a lot of kind of sort of social issues, lots of housing issues, lots of kind of sort of cultural issues as well. So you kind of overcome all of those. Um, and at the time, you know, being, being kind of sort of first generation of black people who have moved to the UK um, you, you fit within a community and sometimes it jars, other times there's harmony and, and it works completely well and so you, so you kind of develop from, from that and, and you kind of sort of manifest the different ideas that, that, that you can produce from, from your own upbringing and also what you're introduced to so I guess that's where the kind of sort of I don't know, I don't know, Freudian slip of fighting kind of came into it but for me, it's, it's been more of an experience and a development. You know, I, I probably wouldn't know. I wouldn't want to change that at all because it shaped who I am today. Probably made me quite feisty when I want to stick to my guns. I find it a really kind of interesting, vibrant place now for me because, I've, because I was there at the, at the outset. So for me, 
uh, you know, there's a strong passion and grounded roots that that keeps me here on the east side. On the east, although the, the northeast side, technically, <laughs> we shouldn't go too much further without saying something about the work itself and uh, Next Level being part of that. Several different uh, iterations of Next Level. How would you introduce someone who is unfamiliar? As, as, as our listener may or may not be. It's going to be difficult, though, because we're dealing with photography in particular here. How would you go about introducing somebody who hasn't seen it and isn't currently looking at it to the work you're involved with? Well, to start off with Next Level magazine, um, it's, it kind of really came around as, a, an, as an art project idea. There wasn't any kind of sort of business acumens or we were looking at some kind of gap in the market. It was really just a project. Bl- blind luck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was, you know, there's a lot of naivety that was attached to it as well. I mean, just like all, all probably early projects, it's, it's a labour of love as opposed to some kind of economic or structure that you're looking to make. So launched back in 2002 and looking to produce a publication that looked at photography as contemporary art as opposed to photography within its own medium. I felt it was kind of sort of interesting to see how, how photography is used within the visual arts forum. Because it can be seen in a sense at times as a kind of sort of poor relation to a lot of the paintings, a lot of the, a lot of the sculpture. And it has a wide berth as well. So, so to identify as a particular niche, I felt was quite important. And so we produced one edition and, and the idea was just to produce the single edition. And it was a huge success and um, sold out of that edition. And so we followed up with a second edition and we had the same reaction. So then, you know, it wasn't until the third or fourth edition we kind of thought, well, you know, what do we actually have in our hands and, and, and how can we actually structure this to um, possibly keep it ongoing and to make it self-sufficient? So this idea of the next level then, you're lifting, as you said, beyond uh, it merely being photography, uh, merely in inverted commas, and it being photography within art. Could you give an example or two of that to somebody who perhaps uh, doesn't deal in uh, visual media? Right, yes, I would probably define... Can I just, before you do that, I just want to redraw that stupid comment. Everybody deals in visual media all the time. That's a really stupid thing of me to say. <laughs> I would probably divide, uh, define our publication as, uh, as I said, kind of sort of photography as contemporary art. So, so I, you know, there, there, there are the discussions where... You know, you have photographers, you have photo artists, and you have artists that use the medium of photography. I wouldn't say we kind of sort of split hairs in those distinctions, but we look at the art form of photography and how it's used within the medium of, of the visual arts. So in a sense, it can be the traditional photography aspect where, where an artist is using photography, but it could be photography, could be used within the the concept or within the body of the work of creating an object an art object in that respect and i see it kind of sort of differs from fashion photography or documentary photography because it's you know that you know there is an element of conceptual ideology behind it and the methodology that's attached to it um as opposed to creating an idea to to a brief or to a commercial product formula of some kind exactly 
And how important within that is um, novelty and innovation and how much of it is about um, working with perhaps a tradition that's been established and, and furthering that in, in some way? I think, it's, I think it's extremely important the way um, photography has evolved, especially over the last uh, decade and, or even further the last uh, 15, 20 years or so, or so, with the advent of the digital age. That has kind of opened the doors to looking at photography in many different facets because currently today the majority of people will look at images as pixels on a screen as opposed to um, um, uh, silver halides um, and, and looking at um, printed images that's just the nature of where we are and, and 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 how we view things but also what that's opened up is the possibilities of looking back at some of the traditional uh techniques such as the heliograph such as the sinograph etc uh, um, and seeing how we can use those physical techniques to produce new ways of working with photography and using a lot of the technologies that we have today and combining the two and seeing what new experimental ideas that that that, that can be produced and i think it's key to say it, it's experimental you know it's experimental times and 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 it's fascinating to see what young artists are are producing at the current climate one of the problems that's always struck me with photography, and yet as soon as I think of it, it's, uh, it's also, and fairly recently, the problem with other art forms is that the bar to entry is extremely low and getting lower every day. The technology that one would require to take professional-grade photographs uh, used to be the preserve of a, a small and well-off group of people, and now everybody's got it as a matter of course as part of their mobile phone package or whatever it might be. Ditto the ability to publish in, in my arena. Um, so you, you talked about it being the poor cousin. Is that is that part of it? Is is part of the problem that there's such a um, an overabundance of people taking snaps? In relation to the arts, probably yes, because as I said before, it's 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 such a widely used medium. Um, it spans many different kind of genres, and 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 you know it's used. In a commercial aspect, it's used in the professional aspect, it's used in the social aspect. It, you know, like you said before, everyone now has a camera. Um, everyone, um, you know, manages images now, and um, it's, it's it's a very diluted medium. So therefore, um, before where you know you really had to get your hands dirty in the in the analog period, where cameras were expensive, film work was expensive. Um, you had to be in a dark room, um, which there again is a space in itself. So there were lots of kind of uh, advocates that, 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 you, that you would apply to the whole aspect of, of photography. Now, with the digital age, it's, it's instant. And uh, you can apply the tools that were professionally taught many years ago. I wouldn't say easily, but within a manageable situation. It does have that element of of being seen as a trait that everyone can possibly um, uh, become part of, and that's the beauty of it as well. In in the same aspect that everyone can can take that decisive moment or create a conceptual image um, of their own making, which, which is great, isn't it? Because it's leveling and it means everybody's got a bit of a shout, and it's not an elitist thing. But does that mean then that you've 
um, found yourself having to work a little bit harder to, I guess, kind of prove your credentials, to, to prove that you uh, know what you're about. Exactly. That probably is the... When, when you, I think you mentioned earlier on that um, it's probably easier being within the photographic medium, but then to be in a position to be able to have your work noticed then yeah it, it you are in a very cloudy scenario of many other artists or many other photographers in that respect uh, of um trying to find or climb that same ground so it's 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 a common situation for for all budding artists in that respect or photo artists to you know how 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 do they promote their work how do they show their work you know how do they get to the to the plateau that they you know that they've dreamed of as a, as a as a student anyone who's listening and hoping to succeed in this arena is screaming that i should ask you the answer to the questions that you've just <laughs> posed and of course as somebody curating this kind of work you'll have seen different approaches to gaining uh, notoriety or recognition what, what sort of uh, ideas have you seen being put into practice well, there's many ideas. Um, I'd probably say with one, one of the advantages of obviously being editor of Next Level magazine is that the editions are geographically based. Uh, what I mean by that is that we travel all around uh, to cities around the world, uh, that we identify uh, photographic communities and photographic scenes where we explore to see how they function to say how the local government probably supports or not supports in terms of regeneration um, aspects. We look at the local universities to see the kind of doctrines that they have in place and the ideologies, and trying to almost how do they bridge that gap from student to artist. We also, Which is a chasm, really, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. We look at local institutions. Do they, do they actually showcase... Or, or, or exhibit local artists as opposed to housing blockbuster exhibitions. Um, we look at uh, commercial galleries. Do they support the local artists as well? How do they support the local artists? And, you know, we, we kind of peel back the layers of various art scenes from cities around the world and form a picture of, uh, of, of how it functions, how it, how it breathes and, and, and how it assists and supports and sustains the artist. Well, as a, a London focused podcast, you know what my next question is going to be. Of course, uh, what is the uh, what, what are the features that identify London's photographic scene? You know, that's a good question because I'm just about in the process of actually producing uh, not so much a London edition because London is so varied and wide. You couldn't really congest the whole of London in one publication and be kind of sincere to it. So, therefore, I've identified where I live. Hackney and I'm looking to produce a Hackney edition of our publication that should be released in the next year or so and that will really look at the different mechanisms and methodologies within Hackney of what of why it is such a vibrant location for artists we, we will look at what champions the actual area but also critique what areas need to probably be looked at and examined in sort of precursor to the actual publication in, in itself it's it it always has had this vibrant um entity to it maybe not so much hackney but you know i started off very much in islington around roseby avenue uh where that was a vibrant area of photographers 
and then gradually shifted eastward, shifted to Ode Street, and we, um, uh, I had a studio there working and based from there, and there, not there again, moved to Bethnal Green, um, and then shifted back up again to Brick Lane, and now f- um, found uh, my working base in in Victoria Park. But in saying that, I, I I've always lived in Hackney um, for a number of years, um, so it's 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 the gravitas of of the pool of what happens around here, and I think it's it's always has been the hub of the visual arts scene in London. Given the the, uh, the hotspots that you've just mentioned, uh, it sounds as though the Victoria Park move is sort of retiring to the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably the most footage of green space I've, I've, I've ever lived close by. For an urban young lad, I must admit, possibly living so close to um, Victoria Park could, could be uh, quite detrimental to my health, perhaps. <laughs> Enjoying the, uh, the fountain spray on the boating lake and so forth. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break and a word from our sponsor and we will be back. And uh, among the things we're going to be talking about is, uh, I hope, cliché. London Est Out Loud is sponsored by Audible. To claim your free audiobook from a range of 60,000 titles, try the Audible service on 30-day free trial. Audiobooks can be saved as MP3s and played on your compatible phone, tablet, or desktop, or burned to CD, and they're yours to keep. For your free audiobook, go to www.audible.co.uk slash Londonist and click through. You're listening to Londonist Out Loud. I'm N. Quentin Wolf, and with me at the Crate Cafe in Hackneywick, Shay Bankali, who is all about the next level, multiple next levels. We haven't really talked about the projects yet, actually. We've talked a little bit about publication. Perhaps we could say something about uh, the, the next level projects. Yes, the uh, next level project is a independent project space that exhibits a cross-section of local and international artists. Mainly, we identify a number of projects that we have witnessed locally during our research trip to Next Level magazine. And we look to be a platform to showcase artists from different regions to our UK, well, our London and UK audience. I'm liking the sound of these research trips, by the way. It's just struck me that you're onto a good number here. <laughs> I wouldn't be complaining at this particular point of my life. Was, was this a built-in part of your plan? Were you thinking, OK, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the photographic side of things, but a little bit of travel would be nice? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't a kind of default mechanism, but it's uh, something I've ran with and uh, probably won't let go. You'll put up with it for the time being. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's a hard life. No, it, it's, it, it's something that obviously quite a lot of people see as a quite fortunate way of researching the visual arts but in a sense I find it extremely important because it's very different to cut and paste in information you find online as opposed to physical as a person with a very deep voice I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Physically being in space, physically seeing how artists work locally, physically trying to understand what um, kind of ideologies that they're working on. Um, is, the, you know, is the work more aesthetically based? Are there kind of sort of different ideologies that are attached? Is it more political? Is it, is it, is it more collective work processes? Um, so it's interesting to see this around the world. And, um, and you know, obviously geographical and uh, political and social climates obviously have an influence on the ideas of the artists that, that live there locally. So it's, it's really interesting to be able to not only take in a lot of that way of working, but also be, being able to discuss my ideas and, 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 and a lot of the experiences that I have had throughout my life. Actually being in the, on the ground to see how it functions, seeing how, how, how various art communities thrive how they first developed were, were there any kind of sort of political points or such vibrant moments in their history that made a particular art scene explode so that kind of information I, I, I feel you don't you, you know you can't find that kind of information online so it gives me the added benefit of of being in a location where I'm able to um, try and understand uh, their methodologies, but also being in the position to share many of my ideas and to cross-pollinate, in a sense, and, and have a kind of cross-cultural experience with ways of working with various artists. But also what I do from that is bring a lot of the ideas, um, especially a lot of the innovative ideas of what I've seen from various uh, cities around the world and showcase them in next level project space so uh, along the way here you're becoming and I'm, I'm conscious of, of not saying that you are yet because uh, your beard is not white enough for this I, I think but you're becoming a, a guru a photographic guru and all this information is, is sort of coming together in you I wonder what other uses you might see for, for uh, deploying that intelligence that's been collected there are many possible facets I would probably say I could extend my experience and my knowledge. I probably don't expand as much as I can because I, 
I do like to feed the information out as opposed to blast it across a front cover, in a sense. But I think it's publications are one such as Next Level, but also independent publications are ideas that I'm <clears throat> currently looking at. But... Um, in a sense, Next Level really embodies, the magazine really embodies a lot of this information. I mean, we have, for instance, a section of the publication we call Six Degrees of Separation, which identifies all the different regions and, and, and pulls back all the, all, the, all the important key individuals of each region. So it helps an artist, whoever currently lives there, or who's, an artist who's currently interested in maybe moving or emigrating to that region it gives them a head start to say who are the key people i need to be in contact with where are the arts communities um who do i talk to in various institutions down to where are the material stores etc 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 so it becomes a kind of window to to each to each city i did i'm not saying it's an oracle but it, it is a window to to each each region that's really fascinating and I can't help wondering whether it's going to cause um, local political problems amongst the people. For example, I'm imagining that somebody might feel that they should have been listed there and wasn't and, and could get quite het up about that. I mean, with what you're doing there comes, I guess, some, some serious degree of responsibility to, and there's no, no doubt that you're doing your research with great assiduity, but it must also be a weight upon your shoulders. How do you keep yourself in check and make sure that you're making the right choices there i think that's the complexity of producing such as such of a publication with integrity and strong intent you you hope to lay a kind of foundation and i think that's what it is you're laying, i'm laying a foundation i said before it's not an oracle i'm not looking to identify every single person from that region and give them a title Ideally, I'm trying to identify the majority and the key individuals. But they're key individuals relating to photography as contemporary art. Um, And some may have a greater influence than others. And also, I may identify some that will stand as a single person as as a whole, instead of identifying each single individual within, perhaps, a certain institution. Um, So... In a sense, it's there to it's there not it's there to provide information, but it's there for also the reader to go out there and source their own information as well. And I think that's what's intriguing about the publication is that it's, it's a very in-depth research of the local region and the scope. But at the same time, it leaves an, enough room for an individual to go out there and to to discover the city for themselves as well so i can i can well imagine in cases where you're applying a label to somebody and you're saying that in your view their work belongs to this particular strand of photography i could imagine that uh, some people might dispute your analysis of of their their worth their uh their role the the genre to which their work belongs um have uh, people come to you and said look mate you've you've come over here you put a foot wrong here you haven't quite got this right um, no, I mean, in fact, it's been the opposite. Because, in effect, it's almost someone from outside has not just parachuted in and left within a couple of days. It's someone that's actually embraced the local community, or well, the arts community, and stayed within the region for over a month. 
and and so I've been embraced with every city that I've travelled to even to the extent say for instance when I produced the Helsinki edition I was invited a few months later to become the curator for the European Capital of Culture for um, Finland. So it has further benefits as well. Everyone on the ground really sees the benefit of the publication and how it's a window internationally because we distribute the publication to 36 countries around the world. So it has a, a huge audience and therefore whether you agree or disagree it gives you a platform and it, and it forms an audience and the actual content of the work therefore has a wider importance than probably I may or one of the writers or or contributor may get a fact wrong during that period. Having spoken to lots of people working in museums and archives and that kind of thing, it strikes me as well that what you're creating here is a very interesting, I'm dancing around the word snapshot, but a a record of how things are at a particular time um, that that may prove very interesting as well for uh, people maybe not too many years down the road to look back at and to chart. Presumably, though, um, as things change, the uh, information that you've acquired needs updating. How do you go about handling that? Yes, no, exactly. I think that's an, such a really interesting question because the first edition that I produced, the City edition, was Glasgow. And the reason why I was drawn to Glasgow is the Turner Prize. There's always been an, a nomination from Glasgow. So that intrigued me and I wanted to know why this one region has this number of constant or consistent um, nominations. So that took me to Glasgow. There was a major research that, was, that took place, and that was back in 2006. So obviously now, 2015, we're looking to perhaps revisit the region and update a lot of the information that we saw. But, but, but in a sense, what, what is so beautiful about the publication is that it's an historical tool. It's an historical publication that identifies a particular art scene in that moment. And it's a legacy, and I think in, in, in that respect, not all of our publications that we've previously produced, City Editions, will be revisited. Um, but there will be a number that are. But nonetheless, I think what's really important is that it is identified and becomes a, a kind of cornerstone of a particular moment. And I think that's really exciting that you can look back at these editions and, and identify that. I was fascinated by the idea of political photography that you brought up earlier on given that you did so in the context of it being contemporary art as well i'm not i'm not really sure what question to ask to get into that a little bit but i'd love to get more of a flavor of what that is in your experience um you know there are various i mean there are various artists that i you know that their work revolves around uh political content but like there again a major identification of this is looking at brazil for instance, when we travelled to Brazil to, to produce a Sao Paulo edition, Brazil, obviously, its economy is, is, is quite new. Um, it was under military rule for, for, so, for so long. And so you see that um, reflecting in the artist's works, that, 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 that when I was there, I, I saw uh, or witnessed a number of very 
striking political references to their work and 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 that elevates and and you see that from different regions from around the world um and that's why i find it's quite important to to be in a position to see these artists in their own communities in their own situation as opposed to a number of artists that are seen as a global team of 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 usual suspects and it's almost they stand for the whole and uh, that's what I enjoy and I thrive on in terms of what we pull back from next level well I can I can certainly understand there how it could be satisfying but uh, I remember seeing a picture a pair of pictures in a gallery one by Brack and one by Picasso and if you glanced at them you'd struggle to tell the difference and yet each of the artists had arrived at a very similar image in completely different ways and was on a different trajectory and so being able to separate and distinguish those and make sense of, of how they each got there was really fulfilling what it's made me realize is when I nudged you towards a definition of the London photographic scene earlier I, I think you resisted slightly I think built into you must be the sort of senses and awarenesses to be able to say something about what London's signature feel might be at this point in time well that's a difficult question i must admit there there isn't an an exact signature to london because it's so diverse and that's why it's quite difficult to identify cities such as perhaps new york london paris to that extent the actual matrix is not that obvious in terms of what's being produced cities we've researched such as i don't know toronto zurich helsinki Pittsburgh, etc., etc., are more easy to more easier to identify because there's not that major influx um, of outside influence. Without getting up myself as a Londoner, I think what we're talking about is the difference between a city and a super city, isn't it? Yes, no, exactly. You know, a kind of sort of metropolis in a sense of and London, and London is, and that's why it's very difficult to pinpoint. And I said before, I, if I was producing a next level magazine, I couldn't and wouldn't do one entirely on London because you, it, it wouldn't result in a structure in that sense well perhaps smaller parts of London will identify that and, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't take away anything away from the power and the, and, and the strength of London it actually adds to it but what it does create it creates a lot of different Ideas, a lot, a lot of different art communities, as you see presently. You have many different art communities around London, and you know each each one um, holds a, a band of artists which they which they support, nurture, and develop. And they're all looking at different variations. So it is very. I I wouldn't want to commit myself in terms of saying how do you define a London photographer or a London artist uh, that, that sounds uh, one step closer to the wisdom of a guru <laughs> I want to ask you coming up to the end of the show I want to ask you about cliche and I'm imagining from what you said that cliche might also be localised to some degree as you go about selecting work that you consider to be uh, especially noteworthy, that must mean that your uh, selection process puts you into contact with work that seems familiar, that seems hackneyed, stuff you've seen before, uh, people who think they're being very innovative but are in fact producing uh, much the same thing once again. Can we uh, poke our noses into uh, that corner of photography? Yes, um, you, do, you, you do find repetition in works. You do 
have similar crossovers within works but but at the same time an artist that is noteworthy will will know that himself of his work he will know of his contemporaries he should know of his peers that are producing similar works and um and in a sense that's that's how i look at when i'm curating exhibitions and you know you look at different themes or 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 different social political or cultural issues and you draw artists in that you want to see how they can perform or produce a dialogue and a conversation on that works or on the idea of the exhibition you also look at innovative ways of producing that exhibition um artists that are trying to because i think what's quite important here within exhibitions you know you're not you don't necessarily always have to reinvent the wheel when you're producing an exhibition it's great when you can produce something innovative but then it's also of interest when you pick up poignant points that may not have been addressed or you're looking at a different way of of looking at a particular subject that that does have repetition in various exhibitions so i don't think that's a bad thing well i think it's you know obviously if you if you um look at recreating something just for the sake of its mimicking that original then then obviously there's question marks around that but generally i work with artists that have done their research and i do my, i work with my research on the artists to make sure that they've produced a body of work that has integrity to themselves and to their ideas and part of that integrity is, seems to be from what you're saying that they the artist has a responsibility I, I don't think it, i should put it less strongly than that to be informed about what else is going on on the scene if they're going to be in the game at all and I, if i've understood it correctly next level is assisting with that responsibility no, exactly, exactly. There is, you know, there's a responsibility across the board, uh, not just the artists, curators, directors of museums. There's a, um, you know, they're, they're cultural leaders of the vision of culture to an audience. So there's a responsibility across the board for, for all to, you know, produce exhibitions that I feel that are challenging, whether that's challenging in the aesthetic or whether that's challenging in the content. Um, you know, it has a way of having the audience, challenging the audience, um, having the audience think about their position in life and, and, and how they've experienced life and using their experience to measure discussion with the work that's, that's been um, exhibited. And you've brought us very nicely to talking about an exhibition uh, that is on at time of broadcast. Yes, the uh, Photo 50 exhibition at the London Art Fair, which uh, I must admit I am honoured to have been asked to uh, curate this um, exhibition. And I find it's really important as well to have um, a photographic space in a uh, contemporary art fair. Um, I think it, it, it draws the audience that perhaps are um, more ideally looking at paintings or sculptures or etc and it opens opens them up to um, to photography and and how photography can be um, an important visual visual tool 
And uh, the this particular exhibition, um, Against Nature, is, um, I'd say, a, uh, a very small homage to the book itself by uh, J.K. Heisman. But really, it's looking at photography um, from a very conceptual perspective, looking at what a number of innovative photographers are doing with the medium. I mean, I wouldn't probably say it's a revolt against the, the, digital, the digital age, but it's definitely responding to the digital age of, of showing and working with material that is kind of really tactile in its sense and quite vernacular material as well. So it's, 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 a, it's a very strong conceptually-based concept it probably will shake a, a number of die-hard photographers who, who are probably looking to see just the image in a frame. It's very much based on the object, as photography as object. So, so I've selected um, nine photographers who base their work around this ideology and really have come up with, with um, some very interesting work, some that are still in the making. So it's going to be a very exclusive exhibition in that respect um, where can we find out more about this uh, there's the London Art Fair website that you'll be able to find information on and it has a section on uh, Photo 50 exhibition there are various sites next level uh, site as well will have various uh, elements of material on there as well and, um, and ideally come along um, I, I we are giving a number of talks and tours that uh, will be part of the outreach program and uh, we welcome the audience to participate um, not only in viewing the exhibition but the talks that that will participate and uh, the rest of the activity that we produce opportunity to uh, tap into some of this ever expanding uh, wisdom of yours thanks for taking the time and uh, braving the gales uh, to be uh, with us today Shay Banker it's been a pleasure and that's all for this week my thanks for this week to Shay Bankali thanks to to Mark Barr and Bernie Barkley theme and incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea I'm Anne Quentin Wolf. number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.